immunologist, immunologist, and I have with me here today Matt Bell, again my colleague from the U.S. We're going to talk about allergy shots and how not all allergy shots are the same or equal and how to do things right. So uh, Matt, why don't you just do a quick intro of yourself again? Yeah, hey, so uh, my name's Matt Bell. I'm a uh, mostly private practice allergist, do a little bit of academic work uh, in the northwestern part of the state of Arkansas, uh, town of Fayetteville, and uh, we do a fair amount of allergy shots in our clinic, and it's a topic that uh, I think needs to be touched on a little bit. Yeah, so um, as you know, uh, uh, you know, as allergists, we know that not all allergy shots are created equal, and there's a, there's a right way or an evidence-based way of doing allergy shots, and there's a wrong way, and uh, and I think you know, unfortunately, what's out there for patients is a lot of, uh, you know, people who are not quite qualified to make allergy shots or to put together allergy shots, selling allergen immunotherapy. And it's a big problem, I think, across uh, across borders in the U.S. and Canada. Um, so, you know, I, I, I this was prompted by a frustrated tweet I had of uh, one of my patients who was getting things like Russian thistle, which we have none of in Ontario, and the dandelion and their allergy shots and you know for those that don't know uh, you know you don't need to put stuff that you happen to be sensitized to but it shows up on your skin testing and um, you know some pollens like dandelion for example are macro pollens they don't they rely on an insect uh, and um, pollination they don't like they're not microscopic they're not in the three five micron range or their wind pollinators which are the ones that are actually affecting you in the air so is this something you see as well uh, in Arkansas? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, here uh, in Arkansas, we probably have, I don't know that I see as much, for instance, of people putting, you know, like you mentioned Russian, Russian thistle. You know, we don't have a lot of Russian thistle here, but there's certainly some that blows in from the, the plains to our west. But we do have, you know, things that, that cross-react with that. For instance, lamb, lamb's quarters uh, mm-hmm. is a weed that we have in abundance here. Um, which is a cross reactor with Russian thistle, but you know we certainly see the people that um, you know, for instance, will complain of fall only symptoms, uh, and their only positive test will be the oak tree or hickory tree pollen. And you know, are they allergic to that? Sure, but is that responsible for their symptoms? No, and that, that that's one of the major you know, tenants of allergy shots is, you know, you not only have to have evidence of sensitization, but that sensitization also has to match uh, the time of year when your symptoms are present. We call it uh, clinical correlation. So sensitization doesn't always mean you have symptoms. You know, it's one of our common uh, board exam questions here at our Royal College. Uh, We call it the Royal College, where, you know, uh, one of the stations is you have someone who's sensitized to cat, but has a cat, has no symptoms around any cats, you know, do you put that in your allergy shot, yes or no? And this is where, you know, our medical expertise and comes in hand because we've got to correlate that to actual symptoms. And if there's no symptoms, then they may be sensitized by tolerant or anergic, meaning non-reactive. Um, and, you know, I see other uh, common mistakes I see in some of my colleagues who are not quite learned, I suppose, is putting something like mold and alternaria you know, which has something called esterase activity. It actually breaks down a lot of the pollens like grass and tree pollens, for example. And that they're not supposed to be mixed, but they're mixed and, and some of these other allergy practices that I see. And, uh, you know, it's one of my frustrating things. And I'm 
you know, misery loves company. So I'm kind of glad to see this as a pervasive problem throughout North America. Absolutely. You know, and the, the, the thing with, with the molds uh, mixed with pollen, you know, not only is that going to create a situation where um, my grass pollen immunotherapy is not going to be as effective, it also can bring up a situation uh, whereby, you know, if, if I decide down the road to drop the mold out of somebody's shots, all right, now my grass pollen, which was previously being diminished in efficacy because of the presence of the mold, is now all of a sudden a lot stronger uh, and possibly could elicit a reaction when you mm-hmm. take away the thing that's breaking it down. So that's another big issue that is, is a potential there with that, with that particular situation. Yeah, and I always find, you know, some, you know, as you know, like there are only like about five or six clinically relevant molds uh, that uh, people actually have, you know, respiratory symptoms too. Um, but I find uh, a lot of allergists, uh, at least in Canada, uh, probably in the U.S. too, they just skin test kind of in- indiscriminately. So if I skin test someone to like forty different molds, I'm sure I'll find one that they may be sensitized to. But uh, that goes to kind of some of the uh, grayer sides of unethical practice where you just kind of skin test for the sake of, you know, billing the number of skin tests rather than what's actually clinically relevant. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and I think uh, you and I talked about this both. There's many ways to do allergy shots, uh, you know, so uh, an allergist can choose to, you know, make their own allergy serums, uh, which is, I think, what you do, uh, Matt, or, yes. or, or I, they can be like me and just order from a company. And uh, and at least here in Canada, some of the uh, allergy companies have been quite problematic in their timeliness and customer service. Uh, so I, I guess if you were to make your own, it would be, uh, you know, you'd at least negate that aspect of it. Uh, and you'd probably get your serums a lot quicker than having to wait for shipping and whatnot to go through. Uh, can you tell us about how you go about, uh, you know, mixing the serum and, and what people should be looking for in their allergy shots? Sure. So, you know... We're, we're uh, in a situation now, at least in the United States, where, you know, you have several different practices that are, uh, you know, putting people on allergy shots. And, and for the healthcare consumer, you know, sometimes it's hard really to know one from the other. And I'm not going to touch on as much of the, uh, you know, non-allergist allergy shot providers just because that can be problematic. But from an allergist standpoint, you know, some of the big issues I see, uh, the biggest issue I see is underdosing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you read the practice parameters from the, uh, the Joint Council, the uh, American Academy of Allergy, and the American uh, College of Allergy. Yeah, the um, Joint Task Force, yeah. One of the, uh, it, it states very clearly that allergen dosing is figured based on what's called a one-to-one vial. So basically mm-hmm. when I'm going in and making allergy shots, I'm going to look at uh, the required amount of allergen of each allergen I'm putting in there. So, um, you know, if I have a patient that's allergic to cat, ragweed, and oak tree, you know, I'm going to put a specific amount of cat. I'm going to put a specific amount of oak and I'm going to put a, I can't talk, a specific amount of ragweed in there dilute that vial down. We use five mil vials. So we would dilute the, the, the vial down to five mils. And that is our one-to-one vial. So mm-hmm. everything is based off of. And then what we would do is we would take that vial um, and actually dilute it down 
um, either to a one to 10,000 concentration or one to 100,000 concentration, depending on how sensitive the patient is. And then we work our way back up to that one to one vial. So our maintenance doses, once we get somebody to a maintenance dose, is calculated off of that one-to-one vial. And unfortunately, what I see a lot of the time, and this occurs with way too much frequency, even in board-certified allergists, is stopping at the the one-to-one hundred vial or even the one-to-one thousand vial. Oh, wow. Okay. Calling that maintenance. Wow. um, Okay. But you're leaving, you know, you're leaving yourself a hundred to a thousand fold short on your dosing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, 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 the fallback excuse there is, well, they, the patient would not have tolerated a, a higher dose, but I mean, you don't know that unless, How do you, you know, unless yeah. you try. And what I see in these patients that are getting these low maintenance doses is, you know, that patient does all right while they're on their shots. Um, well, as soon as they stop, there's no disease modification. Absolutely. So yeah. it's a desensitization versus a sustained unresponsiveness situation. And, you know, that's good for the person putting them on the shots because you've got a lifelong patient now, uh-huh. Yeah. you know, as opposed to how it should be done where you have a patient, you treat them for five years and then, mm. you know, you lose the patient because they don't have allergies anymore. And so that's what mm. we ought to be aiming for. But absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, the biggest the... problem I see. That problem is, uh, you know, prevalent here in Canada as well. You know, as you know, we have a lot less of a litigious situation. So I, I usually start my patients at a one in a thousand dilution and, mm-hmm. and go up to the neat concentration uh, with like a, a three or four vials. Sometimes I even do three. Um, and but the problem of underdosing. So what Matt and I are trying to say for those listeners out there is there's a specific dose of allergen you need to hit. And in terms of getting the sort of the permanent changes uh, from allergen immunotherapy. So basically, if allergy shots work well, our practice parameters, uh, and there's good evidence to back this up, that after about five years of allergies, uh, allergy shots, you should be not requiring the shots thereafter. So I almost always stop my patients after five years because most of my patients hit that effective uh, dose uh, sometime in the first year. But the, the issue I, I find is, uh, even amongst my colleagues, you know, a lot of these were my former teachers, they're so afraid of uh, systemic reactions that they stop short of ever reaching that. And, you know, I, I think, you know, one of the feedback that I hear, I don't know if you hear this as well, is that your shots always elicit a, a, a local reaction. Well, you know what? They're supposed to, um, I think, if, they're, if you're doing something with them, if they're in a high enough concentration to elicit an immune response. So I, I see that, and the underdosing is a, is a huge problem here, too. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know that some of the folks that, are, that listen to this are, are allergists as well. They're, they're our colleagues, not just, you know, patients. And one of the most helpful things that I have found, there's a, a, a journal article out there. Uh, the, the, the author's last name is Greer, G-I-G-R-I-E-R. Um, and the article's called How's My Dosing? And I think for all the allergists out there, it is a very good thing to just revisit that from time to time. Sometimes we can kind of get lost in, you know, well, this is what the rest of my clinic does. This is how we've always dosed things, which I think is a huge problem. Um, But sometimes it helps to really sit down with that. And, you know, I think if you really look at things and and realize, man, I'm, I'm underdosing people by, you know, a thousand fold it really kind of hits home. And I found that paper to be the most 
helpful yeah. thing that, that I've ever come across when it comes to managing allergy shots. Absolutely. So if I could advi- uh, you know, give one advice to patients out there, you know, make sure that uh, you are seeing a board-certified allergy immunologist at the bare minimum. And then also check, uh, you know, you can even ask, I, I don't mind if patients ask me, what is the final dose that you intend to hit? Because these things do matter if you're investing all that time into getting shots. Uh, make sure it's, you know, time well spent. Yeah, you're, you know, if, I, I, I tell patients all the time, you know, you're welcome to, you know, go somewhere else and get another opinion. But, you know, make sure that whoever's doing your shots can, can clearly explain why they're dosing you how they are, why they're including this, but not including that, you know, if there's any mm-hmm. cross reactors in there that, you know, they can explain why, for instance, they left birch out mm-hmm. um, because they had oak in there. Cause that would count for both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it just, just to echo what you said, it's a five-year commitment. And the last thing you want to do is waste five years getting suboptimal suboptimal therapy yeah and uh so that's that's my biggest take on point is just make sure that you know that who you're getting the shots from knows what they're doing a and has the has your best interest in mind b when they're putting you on shots for sure and and uh i'm sure it's the same way in the u.s but uh physicians in general have a you know we abide by a code of ethics called conflict of interest and, you know, selling patients allergy shots, at least in, in my jurisdiction, is the one exception to this rule, uh, you know, provided, uh, you, you know, it's not a cosmetic thing or, or something elective. Uh, so, I, like, you know, myself working under a public healthcare system, I cannot sell you anything except for allergy shots because anything else would be uh, considered conflict of interest. Do similar kind of things exist in the U.S. or? No, unfortunately, they uh, don't. Interesting. And, and okay. That becomes a big a big problem because I mean, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, it, it's pretty easy to see that as an allergist, you know, that's a big source of our reimbursement and mm-hmm. thus it financially behooves the allergist to put people on allergy shots. And what can happen sometimes uh, happens a lot of the time, unfortunately, is that patients who, might necess- not necessarily be the best candidate for allergy shots, you know, get told that they have to do allergy shots. It's, it's, they, they, it's a necessity for them. And that's being done simply as a, as a revenue generator. And, you know, the other thing we'll see is, you know, people getting put on, you know, two or three or four allergy shots that could easily be combined into one or two allergy shots. Yes. I see uh, that all the time here as well. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's honestly disgusting that, uh, people do this for their own financial gain. Um, but you know, the other problem that I face in in Ontario is, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of the leadership in my field. It's, uh, unfortunately it's changing for the better, but, uh, you know, all of the previous leadership were guys who would put patients on allergy shots forever indefinitely. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's funny because they are also the ones who write the Canadian allergy shot guidelines in some cases, but they're also the ones who have patients on 20 years of allergen immunotherapy. Right. And patients almost get uh, psychologically dependent on their allergy right. shots. Like they really feel that uh, they Absolutely. can't stop it for fear of stopping, uh, worsening of asthma or their rhinitis symptoms. So, you know, it really is important to see, uh, I think, someone 
who you trust to be uh, ethical and who, who will take that time, that extra two or three minutes, uh, in fact, just to explain uh, why certain things are done in a certain way. Um, in Canada, it's interesting. So be, I can sell allergy shots. It is the one exception to our rules, but the, the pricing is quite variable, actually. So some people uh, sell them for as cheap as like $120 or $140. Other people charge up to $800. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of variability in the quality of allergy uh, immunotherapy. Uh, so I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure it's very variable in the U.S. as well. Yeah, you know, what we, uh, you know, we're with, with a mixture of both uh, commercial uh, insurance as well as, you know, some of the government-funded uh, insurance. Uh, every one of them is totally different, which uh, we have to rely a lot on our, uh, on our billing folks to, to help us answer those questions. But the most common thing I see here from a commercial insurance standpoint is that allergy shots are almost always covered, but it's usually after you've met a deductible, you know, what, what, however much that is. And then, you know, if you've met $5,000 of a deductible or whatever, then, you know, the allergy shots will be covered, you know, on like an 80, 20 basis where you pay 20% and the plan picks up 80%. Sometimes we'll run across one that, that covers the shots hundred percent. But um, for a lot of folks who have not yet met a deductible, it ends up being, you know, somewhat of a similar situation to what you're talking about where, they're kind of paying the full cost of them because that deductible is not met. And, uh, you know, just that, I think that's very important to go over with the person that's providing your allergy shots, you know, asking how this cost is broken down. You know, what am I paying for up front? Uh, for instance, with our patients, because you have to make the strongest vial first, there's no way to get around that, which I think mm -hmm. a lot of insurance companies don't understand. Um, we essentially have to mix the whole buildup phase of shots at one time. Course, so, yeah. you know, we're mixing five vials. You know, if somebody's just on one shot, we're mixing five vials at a time. And so that's pretty much their whole first year of allergy shots on the front end. After mm -hmm. that, it's not going to be as expensive because you don't need all those diluted vials. But that's a very confusing point, I think, for a lot of insurance companies and certainly for a lot of patients as well, is that the bulk of the expense for allergy shots is the very first time uh, and it's for the mixing not necessarily for the actual administration of the shot. That, that's so interesting so yeah here in, in my practice we actually charge the same uh, irrespective of the number of vials uh, so whatever year you're on but uh, I'm, I'm sure like you know the way we bill it is through a company and I'm sure that uh, you know we're basically charging per uh, the amount of meat concentration allergen, but, uh, you know, a bit of variation in practice I see there. Sure. Um, yeah, because I don't have the mixing time, I suppose, either, um, doing it this way. Right, right. Okay, well, uh, so I'm glad we had this chat, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad. I hope patients take away some uh, good from this. You know, one of the um, things that I always explain to patients, too, is uh, the rate of adverse reactions. Uh, how many uh, reactions do you typically see in a, in a given year, uh, if you don't mind answering that? You know, with, we, we, have four, we have four providers in our group and two offices. So, you know, I always I tell patients a lot that it, I'm going to see some kind of a reaction probably once a week on average. And it's usually mild. Wow. It's usually yeah. somebody that has some highs. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. or gets itchy or something like that. And most of the time we can just give a dose of antihistamine and that person's fine. I probably end up admit me personally end up administering epinephrine for a severe shot reaction. I don't know, maybe once, uh, maybe once a quarter. Okay. Um, yeah. You know what? That's probably my rate as well. I usually go to for my personal patients. So, you know, I'm in a similar practice setting. There's about four or five of us uh, working uh, per week. And, um, you know, for my patients, probably about three to four a year. Uh, we do give a lot of uh, allergen immunotherapy. It's not a, a huge part of my practice, but it's certainly a big aspect. And, uh, you know, if I add up all my colleagues, yeah, it, it hits that sort of one in 500 to one in a thousand reaction rate seen in yeah. our uh, survey study. So it, it actually is in line with what we see. And uh, I think it's, yeah. I think that's right about it. I, bring I think this we up. have, uh, I bet we have, I'm trying to think, we probably have about 3,000 people on allergen immunotherapy between our two offices. And so, yeah, I think if you, if you average between our four providers, we would be right in line with that, you know, one in 1,000 kind of situation. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the, the questions that, patients want to ask their provider, whoever's giving the allergy shots is, one, have you dealt with anaphylaxis before? Are you actually experienced to deal with the consequences of a reaction? And two, what sort of, uh, you know, recess equipment do you have? So I've got the full ACLS kit Mm -hmm. uh, with the defibrillator and everything. But, you know, I I think in Canada, again, we don't have that many lawyers, but uh, so a lot of the allergists, the only thing they stock is an EpiPen and, and one at that. But it's, uh, you know, I, I find that quite problematic because, uh, you know, a handful of times I've had to use more than two uh, adrenaline shots to, uh, uh, you know, fully treat someone's anaphylactic reaction. So uh, I, I don't know if that's a checklist that you have as well, uh, uh, Matt, and if, oh, uh, you know, yeah. most of the U.S. colleagues do probably. We have the, we have the, full, the full code kit and, uh, you know, a full protocol in place for, um, you know, number of nurses in the room, uh, um, you know, vital sign checks uh after x amount of time you know we're automatically calling for ems Mm -hmm. um and it's a it's a pretty well-oiled machine it's um it's very rare that we end up down that road but in the event that we that we are you know we've got intubation equipment ambu bag Mm -hmm. we've got the whole nine yards so it's there if we need it, but fortunately, we, don't, yeah. we rarely have to go that far. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never needed to intubate someone, but I did come close at one point. Uh, one of my patients, uh, you know, started vomiting and had uh, a declining GCS score fast. So, you know, I was all ready with the intubation kit, but then he sort of perked up with the third adrenaline uh, injection I gave him. So, uh, you know, it was uh, it was okay at the end of the day. But, you know, it, these situations can happen. Things can go south. I happen to work right across from uh, two emergency rooms, but, you know, <laughs> things can happen. So make sure your person, uh, whoever you're getting your shots from, is actually, you know, able and capable of dealing with this kind of stuff, too. And to piggyback off of that, we also get the question all the time or the statement, well, you know, my wife's a nurse. Can she just give me the shots at home? Yeah, no way. <laughs> and, <laughs> I get that, too. Uh, that's always my answer to that is. You yeah. know, all you need to do is see one severe reaction and see the yeah. number of hands involved in treating yeah. that. And not that I doubt that your wife is a great nurse and could totally handle it, but 
you don't want your your spouse being the only uh, one there dealing with yeah. severe anaphylaxis. Apparently, uh, in Mexico, they let you administer your own allergen immunotherapy. But hey, that's Mexico, a country that doesn't believe in regulation. So there you go. <laughs> well, I've always uh, said if, if your allergist is letting you do your shots at home, they've either got a great lawyer yeah. or there's nothing in your allergy shot. <laughs> um, and yeah. so. You know, it's a, it's a good good point you bring up. I had a um, you know a few. I have quite a few uh, physicians who are my patients, and uh, you know, what, one of the guys was actually an intensivist, and uh, you know, he basically uh, twisted my arm and asked if his uh, one of his ICU nurses could give it to him uh, every morning, and uh, and sure enough, she made a, a common dosing error. Uh, I didn't want to do this, but he assured me everything would be fine, but she used the wrong vial. She's the need instead of the build-up one, and, of course, he had anaphylaxis. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, my takeaway home from that point from that was even if they're an intensivist, like, it's going to be, the answer is going to be no. And I've had quite a few ER doctors over the years, and I always tell them, no, I don't care. You're an ER doctor. You're not giving yourself or right. having your nurse give you your allergen uh, immunotherapy. Well, my, my wife's on allergen immunotherapy, and she comes to my office and gets her shot. I mean, I'm exactly, not even, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm even going to mess with that. So, All right, great, uh, Matt. Uh, thank you very much for the conversation again. I'm going to stop the recording now. And, uh, yeah, glad, glad to have you back on the show. Yeah, man. Enjoyed it. Anytime. Cheers. All right, take care, man.